Geek Bill Radio. Look, this has been a very enjoyable pantomime, but I'd like to go home now. Hello once again, geeks and geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio, coming at you with another edition of Geekville Radio. And happy Loki Day. As we record this, it is the evening before the premiere of the latest Marvel Studios TV show on Disney+, Plus, Loki. It'll probably be available by the time you hear this. And it's been getting some mixed, but a lot of positive reviews, 96% of Rotten Tomatoes. We're going to talk that. We're going to talk some Marvel casting, HBO Max series, Amelia Clark making her Marvel debut, and then we'll wind things up with looking at the rest of the movies for the year 2021. I don't have to do it alone. Once again, joining me from the nice Hoff padded cell in South Kakalaki, Crazy Train Jonathan Bullock. All aboard, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, summer's here. I just got my first mosquito bite, so, so summer's definitely here in the South, and that means blockbuster movies, and I think we're just on a downhill slope the rest of the year for geek stuff. Yeah, especially since we can actually go to movies now and such. You know? Yeah, it's just that proverbial snowball starting down the hill and it just keeps rolling kind of thing, right? Right. And, and I take it you're looking forward to Loki as much as I am, right? Because these, these Marvel oh, yeah, shows I've, have I've been... I've totally enjoyed what I've seen so far. So, Though I haven't watched MODOK yet on Hulu, but I, I'll get around to that. Yeah, that's definitely one for the robot chicken crowd, if you like that type <laughs> of, of humor. Because I, I watched the first episode of MODOK. I haven't seen the others. I have to admit, MODOK is, is often depicted that way in the Marvel Lego games, which our listeners are all a fan of the Lego games in general. So I think if there's any character in Marvel that is just kind of custom built for that kind of humor, it probably is MODOK, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Patton Oswalt does the voice for him. And of course, he's perfect with stuff like that. I'm assuming that it's on Hulu so they can get away with calling him by his real name, which, of course, MODOK is an anagram for. Uh, mech or is it mechanism or machine or organism designed only for killing? Yeah, and and there's some bad language in it. I think they bleep the f words and they censor nudity parts, but it is rated TVMA, so it, it's not the type of thing you want to have with kids around. They don't do that on DC's uh, Harley Quinn series, animated series. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> there's f bombs aplenty on that show. If that's what you're going for, that's the, that's maybe the animated cartoon you need to be watching. Right, but for comparison, Loki is getting 96% of Rotten Tomatoes. Modoc is at 88%, which is the lowest. Falcon and Winter Soldier was at 89%, and WandaVision is at 91%. So it's actually, as it stands right now, at least just going by reviews, Loki is the best one to come along so far. But obviously, we'll all hold our own opinion until we watch the first couple episodes. Sure. But in other Marvel news, we do have a casting announcement. It's been rumored for a while. But one of the more famous members of Spider-Man's Rogue Gallery will be brought to the big screen in 2023. The rap reports that Aaron Taylor Johnson will portray the title character in Craven the Hunter. So Craven's getting his own movie. And if that name sounds familiar, maybe because Taylor Johnson portrayed Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Of course, not to be confused with the uh, X-Men movies for Fox. Right. That, of course, was Evan Peters, and that was why he... You know, had the little Easter egg casting in the WandaVision series. I thought it was clever, quite personally. But Now, I know who Craven is. I know that he's a, a game hunter, a Russian and such. I always thought hunter. he was older, 
like somebody that would have been like 50 ish or so. Which is why I'm always pushing for Jeffrey Dean Morgan to to be cast as a right. You know, you said yourself, Ian McShane, you thought would could pull off the character. Yeah, yeah, because he's seventy but looks like he's fifty. So, so I think he'd, right. he'd be perfect for it. But I, uh, I'm not quite sure how old Aaron Taylor Johnson is, but I'm assuming he's probably thirty something if he was supposed to be Quicksilver. Right. I, you know, I, so it looks like he's going to be pretty young. Elsie Ch- uh, Chander, who's mo- best known for Triple Frontier, which I haven't seen, but. He will direct the film, and the screenplay will be from the guys that wrote Iron Man, uh, Art Markham and Matt Holloway, as well as Richard Wank, who wrote the Denzel Washington Equalizer movie. Not the Equalizer reboot TV show with Queen Latifah, you're saying? Correct. The, the actual. Correct. The, Which the movie I, I have not seen it. Love the original TV show with Edward Woodard. Kind of enjoyed the movie with Denzel Washington, but I'm admittedly a Denzel Washington fan, so, you know, go figure. Yeah, he's definitely one of those guys where a movie or project gains credibility just by him being a part of it he's one of those guys i hate because he's gotten better looking the older he's gotten <laughs> <laughs> right yeah you know that is that sean connery harrison ford tom Selleck, denzel washington you know it's like you son of a <laughs> yeah yeah and you watch him in the 80s and saying elsewhere and it, it, it's like yeah he actually looks better now than he did when he was in his 20s in the 80s yeah, so <laughs> saying elsewhere throw mark Harmon in that group as well <laughs> right <laughs> yeah like, why are you getting older and better looking? And I'm I'm not judging that on my own. I'm I'm talking about how the ladies respond to him. Hey, boy, Mark Harmon, Tom Selleck, and Denzel Washington all at one time or another were uh, People Magazine's sexiest man alive. I think weren't they? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. No. Yeah. So they. Yeah. And yeah. they probably could win it now in their 60s. One other thing about Craven, he's been one of the more famous members of the Sinister Six, so it definitely goes toward the belief that this is all leading towards a Sinister Six movie in the next couple of years. Right. If if they stay the Carnage Venom, like when we talked about that before, made this analogy, you've got Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson, now Aaron Taylor Johnson. These are not unknown actors they're casting in these roles. Right. Now, moving over to DC for HBO Max... There are two new series in the works, and actually I believe these are not only going to be on HBO Max, they may be on Cartoon Network as well. So I don't think they'll fit into the Harley Quinn mold that we were talking about before. But well, there it's is... all Warner Brothers, isn't it? So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, if these are going to be on Cartoon Network, then it's a pretty safe bet. That, well, I suppose they could be Adult Horn because Cartoon Network has Adult Swim, but there's only so far they can go on regular cable TV. But Batman Caped Crusader is being developed, and it will be headed up by the impressive trio of J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Tim. That seems like a uh, godlike That's an pairing there. right there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Very interesting, Bruce Tim being involved in this, but go ahead. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously J.J., as we speculated before, it looks like he's kind of getting the keys to the D.C. Kingdom with his right. Warner Brothers work. Matt Reeves is directing the Batman movie, the Robert Pattinson movie, and, of course, Bruce Tim will always be on a pedestal for us geeks for coming up with the 90s Batman adventures and uh, Superman cartoons, which, of course, gave us the great Kevin Conroy as Batman and Mark Hamill as the Joker. To this day, when I when I read Batman comics, they're, they're the voices I hear in my head. Yes, and, and the real key to me, and I guess this will be re- revealed at a later day, th- these being episodic and serials, Will they have Paul Dini pinning some of the episodes? Because I think most people agree Paul Dini, as great as Bruce Tim was, it was called the Dini verse for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, he wrote so many of those great stories. As our listeners know, I'm a big, big 
fan of the Batman Arkham series of video games. He wrote Arkham Asylum and he uh, advised on Arkham City. And there was much distress amongst the fans of that franchise that he did not write Origins or Arkham Knight. And most people like me would say there was a drop off in the storytelling in those next two without Denny being involved in the story writing. Right. And I believe Arkham Asylum, that was when Mark Hamill made that statement that I think he got massively misquoted on about Joker. Mm -hmm. People took it to mean that he didn't want to be Joker anymore. Or Joker was like beneath him or something like that. And yeah. I thought he made it pretty clear with what he was talking about. He doesn't want to do Joker just to do Joker. He wants to do Joker right. when it's something comparable to Batman Arkham Asylum, which is why he went ahead and did the Killing Joke movie. And I, and I think he was in some of the WB shorts that were on Cartoon mm-hmm. Network as, as well. They might be on HBO Max, but but yeah, he just he does he doesn't want to do a bad Joker. He doesn't want to do just a run of the mill Joker. Right, right, and 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 as far as Deanie goes, I remember when it was announced. I guess fans were not that surprised that he wasn't going to be involved with Arkham Origins because that was the one that was not a rock steady game. It was WB Montreal Games that, that did it. It was a prequel. But when he didn't come back and do Arkham Knight, and it got that he was basically told, if you've got other employment opportunities, you probably want to seek them out. That's never good to hear <laughs> from a boss. If you're essentially an independent contractor, which these writers kind of are, that's not a good sign. And it is what it is. I have you have you heard anything one way or the other about Paul Dini being involved in either one of these? Because I think that would really get geeks on board. I haven't, but. I would be surprised if he doesn't at least write some measure of an episode because right. that's how it seems to be is Paul Dini was more the writer and Bruce Tim was more of the production guy. I would say Bruce Tim was was kind of the Berlanti of those. And it was I don't know. But I mean, Andrew Romano's relationship as as the voice casting director goes all the way back to those days. Correct. Yeah, I think that's really what kind of. I, I can't say put her on the map, but I, that that was when I first started seeing the name associated with the DC animated stuff. Right, right. I mean, and she, for those that don't know, Seth could talk to this more because he's more the voice actor guy than I. She really is another one of those mad scientists behind this success of animated DC stuff because she's the one that, that cast the Kevin Conroy's, the Mark Hamill's, Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman. Oh, Mark Harmon, yeah, Carl Lumley is Marcher. I think even Mark Harmon to bring him back up. Didn't he play Superman in a few of those that she cast? Yeah, yeah, and he and he was very good in that. His voice sure. fit, per, fit Superman perfectly. Your love of Michael Ironside is Dark Side. That was her, <laughs> right? And and I remember her talking about, and she's a little self deprecating about it. I think as you know, kind of the not wanting to brag, but apparently she had won so many Emmys that she started dressing them up in doll clothes as she put them around her house. I thought that was kind of funny. Was it Boris Karloff that said when, when he won his Emmy for Grinch that well, rather looks like a doorstop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this story. Semi-related. When I was a child living in Denver, my older sister ice skated. And the skating rink that she would go to, and I did tell played hockey. I cannot remember the, the gentleman's name, but he was uh, a figure skater. And he was the bronze medalist in, in men's figure skating at the 80 Olympics at Lake Placid. He kept his, because he also won some medals for like the U.S. championships and stuff. He kept his in a safety deposit uh, at a bank there in Denver. I often wondered 
what do you do if you get an award like that? I guess if you're like Adrian Romano and you've won so many, you do just start (laughs) – your mantle starts running out of space after a while, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Now, on the other end of the DC spectrum, why should Batman have all the fun? Warner Brothers also announced that they will have an all-new Superman animated series headed to HBO Max. It's already been greenlit for two seasons, so we're going to get two seasons out of the gate. and Presumably will also come in 2022 like the Batman one. This will be called My Adventures with Superman, and the Warner Brothers press release says, In this serialized coming-of-age story, we follow Clark as he builds his secret Superman identity and embraces his role as the hero of Metropolis, and perhaps the world. Lois, now growing into a star investigative journalist, takes aspiring photographer Jimmy Olsen under her wing. All while Clark and Lois are falling in love, sharing adventures, taking down bad guys, stumbling over secrets, and discovering what it means to be Superman and Lois Lane. Jack Quaid of The Boys, Alice Lee of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist lead the voice cast as Clark Kent and Lois Lane, respectively. Now, I haven't seen The Boys, so I've, I've heard that if you like your mature superhero stuff, that The, the Boys is like must-see. Well, it's Carl Urban, so it can't be that bad, can it? <laughs> oh, right, right, exactly. It goes back to that credibility thing. But the, the production team, it, it's a different team than is doing Batman, so I wouldn't expect any crossover anytime soon. I suppose anything's possible, but Sam Register, who did Teen Titans Go, Jake Wyatt, who was involved with Invader Zim, and Brendan Cloger, I hope I'm saying that right, it might be Clawfer, but he's probably most known for the latest Voltron Netflix series, so... And for those who don't know, Voltron was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers long before Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we grew up with Voltron. We grew oh, up with yeah. Voltron. <laughs> and I may be the only one, but I was always kind of keen on the vehicle Voltron. That was like the 20 cars, trucks, planes, and helicopters that all came together. Uh-huh. But as absurd as that is, I... I had like the two and a half foot toy Voltron. that was Japanese based on like the original animated. It was almost a kaiju if you be honest with you you know mm-hmm. but it was the one where like a little spaceship was like his brain that went inside his head and he shot his fist off but i think it was cars too i think you're right yeah you know? yeah because the cool thing that i thought in that voltron was he had helicopters on, on his shoulders and he would take off the helicopter blades and throw them like shurikens when you're six years yeah. old that that's awesome yeah. You know, I always say I, I've never been a big fan of manga and anime, and about the only anime I've ever really watched was Vampire Hunter D. Go figure, me being the horror guy, right? But now that I look back on it, Voltron probably predates that. So, And, and I, I think that's that's definitely anime, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, I, I forget the production company that did it, but they, they might have been. I don't think it was Tatsunoko, but it, it's been a long time since I've delved into Voltron stuff. So that, that that's something we, can, we might be able to do for like a nostalgia trip or something like that. Sure. Now, Sam Register, I, I know Teen Titans Go has its tractor. I personally liked both regular Teen Titans, which of course was more serious, and Teen Titans Go, which is the funny one. But same voice cast. It's still King Ezekiel as, as Cyborg, the great Kari Payton. But I'm beginning to wonder with Register being involved and more the Japan anime, if the Superman series is going to be a little more lighthearted than the Batman series, what say ye? It's possible. If you look at the image that was used, and I will put it in the show notes at geekvilleradio.com slash 286, it does seem to kind of have that manga anime look to it. As far as the eyes and the mouths might be a little bit too big or something to that right, effect. Right. But we, th- th- those are only still pictures. We haven't seen any Im- images in motion, so to speak. Right. But I think that that's... That's fairly common nowadays. And and I also think people don't understand that the reason that started 
was almost the Japanese making fun of Europeans with the big eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I always thought that, that that was the the idea. Yeah, it was. But back in Marvel news, MCU news, Amelia Clark has been cast in Secret Invasion. Now, I don't believe it's been announced what she is going to play, but that's fine by me because, as I said before, Secret Invasion is the one that I am the most looking forward to because it's essentially going to be the Nick Fury series. So right. know, we're going we're gonna to get Sam Jackson as Nick Fury for probably a good six or eight episodes, and presumably it's going to follow the Scroll Secret Invasion from a few years back because they've totally been setting up for that in the last couple right. of movies with you know, Fury being in space and such. So I just think it's kind of funny. It, it's just another notch of geek cred on her card because Game of Thrones, she did a Terminator has movie. She, has she done anything since then? Well, yeah, she was in the she was in Terminator Genesis. She was right, the right, love, right, right, love right, interest right. for Han Solo in the Solo movie. That's uh, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And now she's doing Marvel. So that's that's tell you how much I'm trying to block out of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, even that's... Woody Harrelson and Paul Bettany couldn't save that movie in Carrots and Childish Gambino, and they they were all pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but that those are four big genres to have under under your belt there. I don't know if she's like going out trying to collect geek roles or if they're just getting offered to her, but yeah, she's got Terminator, yeah. Star Wars, Marvel, uh, now Marvel and, and Game of Thrones. Know, Game yeah. of Thrones. So that's pretty uh she does a Doctor Who and it's just it's a wrap. It? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to dive into movie previews for the remaining year 2021 this is geekville radio and we will be right back are you looking for a gaming themed podcast then check out you just got fragged join host jared aubrey and his panel of gaming enthusiasts as they discuss news and accomplishments in the gaming world and of course the gripe of the week that's all at you just got fragged.com part of the wrestling brethren podcast family Attention all Time Lords and Ladies. This message is being sent by Lady President Romana and the High Council of Gallifrey. Geekville Radio presents Examining the Doctor. Join Mark and Seth as they bring their signature blend of knowledge and humor about everybody's favorite Time Lord, the Doctor. From Hartnell to Whitaker, Examining the Doctor provides episode commentaries for favorite and not-so-favorite Doctor Who stories. Available on Hype, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, GeekvilleRadio.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. All right, we are back. Uh, second half of the show here. Normally, we do movie previews for every year, and obviously, with the pandemic that's been going on for the last fourteen months, we didn't really do much of a twenty twenty one movie preview because we weren't really show, sure what was actually going to get shown in theaters or not. But things are kind of, sort of, somewhat getting back to normal. I think I'm getting out of my uh, underground bunker more often. Uh, the, the one that I had originally built for uh, preparation for December 12th to 2012. But yeah, the, the Chick-fil-A down the road announced that starting next week, they're going to reopen their dining room. So yes, we're getting back to normal. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I still say, I don't know who runs the drive through at Chick-fil-A's, but whoever it is, they need to be in charge of anything that involves organization. Cause they are on point for their drive through. <laughs> they get you in and out so fast. They never mess up. And but so polite, too, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's almost like creep levels of cultness. It's been our pleasure to serve you. It's like I've seen Stepford Wives and Get Out one too many times for that not to bring me out just a little bit. But I, anyway. Yeah. Now, we're going to start off when, with one that I haven't heard of 
uh, yet, but the casting alone looks interesting. It's called Misfits, although in marketing, the S is spelled with a dollar sign. Now, sadly, I got my hopes up when I saw Misfits as well. Though. No Glenn Danzig or Jerry, Jerry only. You know, wrong, wrong Misfits. Uh-huh. Is, but <laughs> it does have Pierce Brosnan in it, and it is directed by Rennie Harlan, who is obviously well-known for doing action movies. And the premise... And, and, and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Oh, okay, yeah, so he's got, he's got the horror cred, too. Yeah, it's funny. He, I think that was his first major Hollywood movie. And Bob Shea, the, the head of New Line, said the only reason he hired Rennie Harlan is those who don't know, Rennie Harlan, I believe, was what, Dutch or Scandinavian, big Viking-looking, big tall. And, and Bob Shea said he realized that the time constraints they were putting themselves under to get that movie out because it was coming on the tails of how successful Part 3 was. He knew it was going to be a long, grueling shoot that was going to have to happen rapidly, and Rennie just looked big enough that he could handle that. He hired him. Hey, we got him a job, didn't it? I guess if it works. <laughs> right, absolutely. But. <laughs> uh, but to look at his directing credits here, see, he did, uh, yeah, he did the second Die Hard. I know he did at least one Die Hard. He did that right. after he did, he did Elm die, Street 4. Die Hard, Die Hard, yeah, Die Hard too. Die Harder. That's probably what I, I remember him most for. But he's he's done a lot and, of other action stuff since then, including episodes of Burn Notice. I think, wasn't he married to Gina Davis after she broke up with Jeff Goldblum? I think so. Yeah, yes, yes, because he did Cutthroat Island. He directed that. and One of the Davis biggest flops of all time, which right. I actually thought wasn't that bad, quite frankly, but, you know. I didn't see it from beginning to end, but it looked entertaining. I think it would have done better now because pirates are kind of thought of differently now, probably thanks to right. Pirates of Johnny Caribbean. Depp. Johnny yeah, Depp. exactly. <laughs> you made me think when you when I saw this, Misfits, until you said that the, the S was a dollar sign, I was beginning to wonder if it was a remake of the old 60s Western, The Misfits, which, of course, was the last film that Marilyn Monroe and Clark Gable both did. Oh, okay. I did, I did not know that. But here's here's what is stated on MovieInsider.com. Even a federal maximum security prison can't hold Richard Pace, that's Pierce Brosnan, a brilliant international thief, but his daring escape and high-octane car chase eluding the FBI and police ends with him being scooped up by The Misfits, a band of modern-day Robin Hoods. Hmm. Bo and Luke? <laughs> Speaking of, of another actor who gets better looking the older he gets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. He's the kind of older actor who can pull that off. I often wonder with the resurgence of Liam Neeson with the Taken franchise, and even to a certain lesser extent, Sean Connery and The Rock, are, are actors of that age starting to look for vehicles like that? possible and and it is one of those things i don't want to get in a soapbox and i don't want to sound like i'm complaining or trying to start anything big or anything like that but it's just it's one of those things that it's easier for an older good-looking man to be an action hero than an older woman it just i think it's just kind of how i don't want to say society but it's just it it just seems to kind of lean towards more in the guy's favor when they when they get old just because yeah, I, uh, well it, it, it's showbiz showbiz is a very cosmetic business there's only a handful of, of, of female actors or you know actresses i could think of that have been able to pull off the physicality roles being middle-aged or older i i think i think i think sigourney weaver still does it still mm-hmm. i think there's just so much to ripley and she's aged quite well Helen Mirren, I think, did it in uh, those. Uh, I cannot remember those movies with Bruce Willis and all of them, where they play like the old uh, Cold War spies. She, but she's a beautiful woman and a, and, a, and a superb actress to begin with. It was a few years ago, but I, Angelina Jolie was kind of the queen of action. But 
Right. Yeah, it's, it's probably been 10 years since she's made a big action movie. Well, we're going to be talking about one of those coming up. That might change here when we when we get to that when we get to November. But I, I digress. December, whenever it is. But go ahead. <laughs> but moving on to July, and you know, we have Black Widow on July 9th. Now, there's really nothing we can say about this that we haven't already said. We've we've been waiting for this movie for almost a year, year and a half. half now. Yeah, and I I think the speculation about Taskmaster. I'll I'll just say this. This is just my speculation. It's not based on anything inside or spoilers or anything like that. But I think it's possible that Rachel Weiss's character is secretly Taskmaster. It's either going to be her or it's going to be the, the Yelena character. Because, but Rachel Weiss is essentially playing Natasha Romanoff's mentor, like a mother figure to her. And, of course, what's one of the oldest cliches in the book is somebody in the family or the, the mother or parent figure turns out to be the bad guy in the end. That was around long before Star Wars. So, See Peter Parker, Norman Osborn. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that's one of the reasons why they haven't shown Taskmaster's face is because in the MCU, Taskmaster is going to be one of these Red Room women. And I, I don't think it's David Harbour because what we've seen in the in trailers, the Taskmaster is not as big as right. Red Guardian. And I think if you look closely in the trailers that we've seen, I think you actually do see Red Guardian fighting Taskmaster. So, right, uh, I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's more than one. Uh, it, it, that's possible too. Well, the new Stranger Things ought to be coming out anytime soon. So David Harbour's probably pretty busy right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another one that we really can't say anything more than we've already said. Uh, a couple days later, July 12th, we'll have Space Jam Two, or what is it, Space Jam: The Next Generation, or? something right i forget the not looking not looking forward to that but i did it but it is yeah and kids i'm sure kids will want to see it and i think it was two episodes ago uh, we talked about snake eyes i know i'll probably go see that because i've just accepted that this is not going to be connected to the gi joe that i grew up with so eh, if I, i'll wait till, i'll wait till it makes it to hbo but <laughs> right right but i'm just one of those people they already know they got me so they don't make the movie for i'll me. see it, i'll see it eventually yeah. not in theater <laughs> right and then rounding out July, at least on our list, is uh, The Rock's latest movie, Jungle Crew, which I think is uh, another Disney movie of his. Wasn't that one of the other ones that was delayed because of COVID? Yeah, I think it was supposed to come out last year sometime. And so they just delayed it a year, like like Fast and Furious. They're just calling it F9, but it's uh, right. the, the ninth Fast and Good. When I just see F and a number on it, I think more of a, a key on my keyboard <laughs> rather than a movie title. But that's just me. Or a chord on your guitar, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Well, I mean, it's The Rock. You know what you're getting when you see a rock movie, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, okay, yeah, I was trying to remember who else was in it. Emily Blunt is the female lead in that. So. Right, right. Going on to August, a Suicide Squad, and we've talked about the trailers with that. And given that it is James Gunn and given the cast that's involved, I can't see that being anything other than, than a big hit because I, I think this, is, this one's going to be pretty big. Well, I mean, James Gunn is the perfect guy to helm a project like that. I think we can agree on that. Right, right. Because we'd even talked about when he got fired from Disney a couple of years back. I think we, we'd agree that, well, if I'm Warner Brothers or I'm DC, I'm just opening up that checkbook and saying, okay, James, what, how much you want? And of course, he's now back in the fold at Marvel, but which is kind of cool if you think about it. He's in that rare air of of directors who's going to say I I was involved with both. Right, right. There are a few actors who have done both, but guys behind the scenes that have done both. I mean, that, that's JJ. A pretty, yeah, or not JJ. Uh, 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 Joss. That's it. 
Yeah, or uh, well, Brian Singer did a Superman movie, so so he's that's in right. He sure did. Sh- but the other thing in August, I guess you could call it musical geekery. It's Get Back. It's a documentary about the Beatles recording the Let It Be album, directed by Peter Jackson. But the thing that I think is going to drive Beatles fans nuts and cause them to come out in droves is it's almost entirely never before seen footage from around that right. era. And Let It Be for is one of those. TV show movies that is very, very hard to find because it's not streaming anywhere. Uh, all the originals are out of print. And the fact this one has to be uh, first of all, I, mean, I don't think we need to sing the praise of Peter Jackson. I right. think everybody knows how good a director he is. Or the Beatles, for that matter. But yeah, or the Beatles, <laughs> obviously, arguably the most important band in the history of rock and roll music. Just seeing some of this footage that's never been seen before is going to be amazing. The Beatles are, are, you know, they're in that rarefied air with like Elvis, Michael Jackson, El- Frank Sinatra. Anything that isn't been released that's been done on them before is automatically going to sell millions because they are the epitome of pop culture icons, aren't they? Right, right. Or some of the other legends like Jimi Hendrix, you know, or where oh, they, yeah. they seem to come out with more albums when they're dead than when they're alive. Right, right. And that wraps up August. Moving on to September, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I really enjoyed the trailer for that. Uh, I would be surprised if this is anything less than probably 8 out of 10. And that's that might be... Oh, I'm sure. That, that's probably being conservative with it. That's like being on the uh, lower end of expectations. Well, it'll be interesting, too, because it'll be the first MCU movie that we're getting that's all new characters. We're going to have Black Widow before this, but it's going to have characters that we already know, like Black Widow. Right. This one's all new closer. This is, to me, truly the launch of Phase 4. Yeah, yeah, I I, I see what you mean there. You can say that the TV shows, and you can say that Black Widow all launched Phase 4, but we know Wanda, we know Vision, we know Falcon, we know Winter Soldier, we know Loki, we know Black Widow. We don't know this this character, you know? Right, right. It's essentially all new territory not just in the character but kind of like how black panther it was an over 90 percent black cast this is probably going to be a 90 percent asian cast so right hopefully it will do like what black panther did as far as predominantly black movies and hopefully do the same thing for predominantly movies with asian Asian actors exactly yeah that there is a market for it in in america in america and that yeah yeah i agree and then a week or two after that, we get Venom, Let There Be Carnage. We did see the finally the first trailer for that a, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, I, I, I got my hopes up for that. It just it, We talked trailer... about that the last episode. Yeah, dude. yeah, so. Woody Harrelson as a serial killer? I'm on board. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. Another movie that was supposed to come out last year, but came out this year instead, I think it was supposed to come out in November of last year, is the latest theatrical remake of Dune with that pretty amazing cast in it it's got dave batista it's got oscar isaac but no sting but no sting (laughs) right right but you know have you read the novel dune a long time ago probably back before i truly understood it because that's one of those movies if you hadn't (laughs) right and for those that haven't read the original dune books kind of similar to like lord of the rings or similarly or something like that there's like there's all this lore to it on top of just the story so right. you, you you have to kind of get immersed entirely into this world in order to fully understand it. And I think that's why it was so hard to make it into a movie 
Because even the the David Lynch one from the early 80s, it, it takes like 10 minutes of dialogue just to set up the story, it seems. So yeah, it, that doesn't have me uh, very hopeful for this one. It's just there are just stories that are very difficult, I think, to tell in film. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I had always wondered why Dune wasn't uh, attempted to be tackled as a TV series, something like what would be well, done on like an Game HBO of, Max. Like Game of Thrones. Exactly. Yeah. So, something like that. Because if you have multiple episodes that you can work with rather than a two, two and a half hour movie, there's a lot more lore that you can get into than. Well, I think I think the success of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy has got movie studios more hopeful about telling these kinds of episodic stories. But I don't know. I, I still I'm in your camp. Mm-hmm. I think the success of Game of Thrones combined with the high level of production values that was involved in that show shows that these type of properties can be done justice in that format that's just my opinion right and then moving on to november that's when we'll get the eternals so essentially we're getting once july happens we're getting a marvel movie approximately every two months uh, at the beginning of the month actually venom we're getting so we're getting we're getting four in september it's just venom's obviously not going to be MCU. And then Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't have we seen an official trailer yet for, for Ghostbusters uh, yet? Just just a teaser trailer, I think. Yeah, I think you there's know. there was a teaser that had Ecto One in it, and I think that was about yeah, it. Yeah, the field and, and there's like a couple seeds of Paul Rudd in it with the kids. So mm-hmm. But it's another one of those that was supposed to come out last year but didn't. Right. And I think Top Gun was delayed even before COVID broke out. So it's it you know, it right. seems like that movie's been made for years and they're just waiting to come out with it. That's one of those people our age is going to, of course, it comes out a week after Ghostbusters. Top Gun Mavericks is one of those that people our age have been waiting for for, what, 25 years? Yeah, probably since the, the late 80s. Yeah. I mean, I know Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis is in it as well. Is she reprising her role? No, I know Val Kilmer wanted to be in it, but they just never called him for some reason. Michael Ironside, Tom Skerritt, are they in it? Uh, uh, that I am not sure of. Let me check the wiki. I think Ed Harris is in it, is he not? Yeah, because he was in the he was in the first one, right? No, he was not. Oh, okay. I think he plays a Tom Skerritt role, which is fine because Ed Harris is an incredibly good actor. He, he can play just about anything, yeah, yeah and he's good yeah, at playing yeah. military guys. Yes, uh, once again, see the aforementioned Rock if you don't believe us. Oh, I stand corrected. Val Kilmer is in it. Okay, I, I thought oh, okay. I heard he wasn't in it, but no, I'm not seeing any other recognizable names other than Cruz, Jennifer Connelly, who I'm assuming is a newer generation person, you know, probably, and then. Um, Val Kilmer's Iceman, but Ed Harris's character is not specified. Okay. And then, of course, there will be no Anthony Edwards because, of course, Goose dies in the first one. But no Meg Ryan as his widow? No. It actually would not surprise me if one of these new actors is like Goose's son or daughter or something. Right. I could see, I could see that they being did, the case. Because they did have a kid, if I remember right, didn't they? I think so. Yeah. Still one of the saddest scenes ever from an 80s movie is oh, the death of Gooseless. Yeah. I practically cried in the theater when that happened. So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd have flown without you, Maverick. He'd have hated it, but he'd have done it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, w- was there anything you know of coming out in 2021 that you'd like to talk about? I know we got uh, examining the dead, so that's why I didn't bring any yeah. horror stuff. Yeah, in well, here. there's there's some horror stuff, but we'll go over that on the next examining the dead. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Geekville Radio. This has been episode 286. So thank thank you, folks, for your patience. I know that uh, we have been spending a little extra time getting some of these episodes out and that's just because i've been recreating the site after it 
went down and unfortunately I've had to recreate a, a lot of stuff. So that's why the site isn't what it used to be, but we're, we're working at it and we'll be doing another examining the dead very soon. And I'll be doing examining the doctor with Mark Short very soon doing the Patrick Troughton lost story, the faceless ones. So we're going to be uh, getting back into gear with doing shows more regularly. So once again, thank you for your patience. If, you've, if you're listening to us for the first time, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher. Spotify. Uh, yeah, iHeartRadio. Pretty much anywhere you can find your favorite podcasts, uh, you can find Geekville Radio. Just do a search for us, and you'll find all of our other shows. And Train, if anybody wants to talk to you about movies or comics or whatever, where can they find you? I'm always available on Twitter at crazytrain underscore JB. I am, of course, a moderator or an administrator on the Facebook page. Like Seth said, we were recording probably this weekend or early next week, the next episode of Examining the Dead. A little homework if you will, if you listen to that podcast as well and you want to follow along on our gruesome twosome for this next one, we're going to be looking at found footage movies. We're going to be reviewing the original Blair Witch Project, which I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners have already seen. And also a, a newer found footage slash documentary called The Blackwell Ghost. There are five of them, but the first one is an hour long and free on Amazon Prime right now. So if you want to watch those, and Seth's going to watch it, so he'll actually contribute some. We'll talk some horror stuff, and we're going to talk in general about just the development of found footage and where it stands today in the horror world. But we've also just recently added a Facebook page for Classic Wrestling Memories, our sister podcast. About a week ago, our latest episode of that, about the life and times of Pat Patterson, was dropped. We're, we've talked that, for whatever reason, we have our own speculation, does really well on downloads, and we thank you for that. And we probably need to do more of those. So we're going to be doing a lot of those coming up here soon, too. Uh, didn't, we, didn't we discuss that off mic, or am I talking out of turn, Seth? No, no, no. We're, we're definitely got... Uh, a lot of material lined up for that, so I, it's definitely I mean, it, it's yeah. de- definitely going to be less than six months before we do another show. Of that we're, we'll, we're we're aiming to get at least one a month as far as classic wrestling memories go. And we we're we're eventually going to do wrestling history of Texas. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about the recently deceased Jim Crockett Jr. A few other things that I think are probably going to be on the slate right away. But stay tuned for those. I'm an administrator on the Classic Wrestling Memories Facebook page now as well. So we're adding, I'm adding stuff, Seth's adding stuff, pictures and stuff you might like as time goes on. But this will always be the main podcast that's going to drop the most regular. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. And with that said, we're going to power down the Geekville Radio studio, and we'll talk to you folks again next time. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, A1-Wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved.